Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Fish Tank Craig. Hello, everyone, with my worst mic. Uh, sorry, guys. I guess I'm the worst mic this week. Dave. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing. Craig. Blub, blub, blub. I really hope I don't sound that bad. Uh, I need you to listen don't. to Dave. He's <laughs> not a good Craig. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This week, uh, I'd like to talk about a, a um, fiction I, I don't know what to call it. Online fiction? I don't know. A story that someone wrote um, online that you can find online called Worth the Candle. Um, it's a really neat story that I think just, um, it's a, I'm going to say the word wrong. Isekai? I, I don't know. The, the modern person thrust into a fantasy world, type, um, which I know that's overdone. I apologize. However, the neat thing that this does is that essentially the guy, the main character, is a, he's a, he plays a lot of D&D. Um, typically he's a DM and the world he's thrust in, he actually has an overlay and, uh, that he can look at through his eyeballs. Like he can, he gets stats, he gets level up, he gets stat points put into it. If he closes his eyes, he can see stats. So it has this really cool blend. Cause like he's in this fantasy world, but he, he plays it like a tabletop RPG. Um, there's a lot of neat things going on. I highly recommend it. You can look it up online called worth the candle. Um, good stuff if you guys like any of that then go for it okay um yeah i also don't know how to pronounce the the genre it is i've only ever seen it written never never heard it said out loud so craig's pronunciation is officially correct pronunciation uh but yeah i haven't read this before so dave i think you're up uh i didn't know we were gonna do this this week uh every week (laughs) i'm gonna pull a craig and say come back to me Okay, my good thing this week is Free Guy. I only did that once, though. I mean, I've done it at least once, probably a couple times. (laughs) But my good thing this week is Free Guy, which is Ryan Reynolds' movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's a reverse Deadpool. It's great. Live pool? Free Free Guy is, is so good. It is surprisingly good. My friend showed it to me. He's like, you should watch it. It's, it's like a video game. I mean, it's a NPC in a GTA Online type universe, um, who I guess learns about the universe. I don't know. Um, Is that the um, show that you started to show me, but then Ada woke up and we couldn't watch it anymore? It's a movie. I don't know if we showed it to you. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, I think I, you know, I think I was watching it. I was. You were get. You were something. I don't know what you were doing, but I was uh, in the living room, and I think your wife had it on. But then Ada oh, yeah, woke up. Betty Betty would, she she watches it like all the time like she puts it on the background just to listen to it but it's really good it, it has no right to be as good as it is and yeah good stuff uh Whoa. my my disney plus streaming at this point is swapping between rewatching free guy rewatching encanto and occasionally putting on tron legacy because i love that movie i mean Something i love the soundtrack for that movie that's a daft punk one right yeah, yeah. 
yeah, free guy is a good thing. It was going to be my good thing if you got if none of you hit it up. So uh, it, I'm glad I'm glad Mike threw it out there. It could also it, be your good thing. We could have a joint good thing. No, I've got another one lined up just in case. Um, so, but free guy, it's adorable. It's such a good movie. I really enjoyed it. So if you like Deadpool, you're probably gonna like Free Guy because it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Only it's much more family friendly than Deadpool is. I wouldn't say much more. <laughs> it's a bit more. It's But we still have to shut her off when Ada comes it's <laughs> Ada like, wakes up from her nap. It's on the line of PG thirteen, right? PG twelve and a half or PG. Yeah, I was honestly surprised to hear that <laughs> Disney Plus was uh carrying it and i'm like really i thought it was rated r honestly i didn't know dude is gta online like it's gonna have imagine how people are on like fortnite and gta online like that's that's it yeah i I will say that if free city was a real game i would play it but i also i don't play gta 5 so yeah Anyway. I haven't played it since college when i wrote papers about it so Tori, what's your non-free guy good thing this week? Well, non-free guy good thing is going to be Ghostbusters Afterlife, which uh, is, I don't know if it's on any streaming services. Uh, I got the DVD from the library because the DVD just came out recently. Um, I really enjoyed Ghostbusters, the original movie, uh, as a a kid, uh, because it came out in the 80s, and I am a child of the 80s. also, as a kid, I used to watch the real Ghostbusters, which was the cartoon that was so real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and did so... did you know? Do you know why they had to call it that instead of just Ghostbusters? No, I don't know that. Because there was a like previously existing cartoon called Ghostbusters has nothing to do with the Bill Murray movies. It's like a dude and another dude and a gorilla in like this old car. It's it's wild, but yes, they they called oh, it the weird. real Ghostbusters because that name was already taken. Weird. I I had never heard that before. But so Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, speaking as a fan of the franchise, um, it was written by I think he's the son of the original director. Uh, I I don't recall, but. Uh, Basically, they have turned the Ghostbusters franchise into the family business. And so this was kind of, um, I saw, I, I watched the making of special feature afterward. And it was like it, kind of a love letter to his father uh, is is what he said. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a super cute movie. Uh, if you enjoy Ghostbusters, I think you're going to enjoy this one. There were things from the cartoon in this movie. I couldn't tell you exactly what, but yeah. The real Ghostbusters? (laughs) Yes, like, um, so I remember in the cartoon, they had modded Ecto-1, like they had had made some changes to Ecto-1, the car. Uh, Those show up in this movie, because the the plot is that uh, Egon Spangler's uh, daughter and grandkids end up... uh, moving into his old house. They've inherited it after he dies. Um, and um, which was a, a great homage to Harold Ramis, who was the actor that played Egon, who has also passed away. But anyway, so they move into his house and they find all this old Ghostbuster stuff that the kids didn't know about because their mom never told them that 
their their grandpa was Egon the Ghostbusters. So they find all the all the stuff. They find Ecto One in in a barn and um but so and then ghosts start showing up like for like for reasons I won't song. go into. And uh <laughs> So, Wait, was, there uh, a mo- was there a law banning gasoline motors? That's why they had to hide the car in a barn, like the Rush song, Red Barchetta? No, not not really. Uh, but so having watched the cartoon a lot, a lot as a kid, like the, the changes that were made to Ecto-1 are in the movie. And uh, so when, when everything goes wrong at the end and the ghosts start showing up, some of the ghosts were from episodes of the cartoon. And... It was just delightful. I uh, I would show it to my godchildren who are um, ten and twelve now, um, and they I don't think they would need to watch the original Ghostbusters to enjoy it. Um, so and and the main characters are younger. They're uh, I I think one of them is a twelve year old. Um, so it, it's definitely aimed at more of the you know the the new generation. So. Uh, I really liked it, and I think other people will like it, too. Neat. Haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. I do intend to see it. As... James Rolfe liked it. I, like, can, yeah. No, it was delightful. It was worth the watch. And also, Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. <laughs> I love him. He he did such a good job. He's the, he's the middle school science teacher who doesn't want to be there. And... And, um, yeah, super fun. Super fun. All right. Uh, so normally at this point, yeah, normally at this point we go into chapters, but some stuff happened. My good thing. Hold on, Mike. Dave does have a good thing. Okay. I have a good thing. That's right. Uh, My good thing is this, this t-shirt that my brother, uh, whom you may know as Jacob and Callie and Zach's dad in discord, uh, this shirt, this t-shirt, it's really awesome. And uh, if you want to see it, you should join our Discord server. If you want to know what's on it. Patreon.com slash CosmereCast, C-O-S-M-E-R-E-C-A-S-T. You don't have to pay money to join the Discord, but if you do, we thank you. Uh, yeah, oh but my gosh, a... that shirt is <laughs> amazing. That shirt plug. is amazing. I think Brandon's actually worn this very shirt. Not not this design, but like this actual, like I think I have Brandon's sweat. Yeah, he, he sells it on his <laughs> store. <laughs> I, I have that shirt. I think you two would be about the same size, yeah. Me and Brandon, yeah, yeah. I might be bigger. I don't know. He's he he's pretty tall. I might be. He's tall. Okay. Like Brandon is tall, and he's bigger now than you, what he what you see. Like well, I've seen a recent YouTube uh, video starring Brandon Sanderson. Oh, yeah, there's a very recent video that we're going to talk today. about later. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's a picture of an eight bit Seth talking to an eight bit mysterious sword, and the caption at the top it says, "Hello." Would you like to destroy some evil today? And if that's a spoiler for you, it shouldn't be, because today we're going to be talking about Oathbringer, chapters interludes through 34. But not yet. Oathbringer. But not yet, because st- some happened stuff at happened at the end of reading. <laughs> hey, Mike, what happened? Um, so, first off, Brandon scared the crap out of everybody. By yes, absolutely, he did. By having this like creepy, I mean, dramatic YouTube video that ended with him saying, "We have to talk," and then the next day he started a creepy, dramatic YouTube video, only to drop down a surprise book, followed by four more so, surprise books. Okay, followed but it by was a hilarious. Kickstarter. It was. It hilarious. was hilarious. I, I was, was like, I went. 
Yeah, he was like, we've been, I'm sorry, I've been lying to you about my writing schedule and my writing pace and people deal with stress differently. And, um, and then he reached under the table and pulled out a manuscript and he was like, I wrote a book in secret. And then he puts on his professor jacket and gets out a literal pointer and goes to a chalkboard and is like, see, this is what my writing schedule used to look like before the pandemic. And then the pandemic happened. And so I wasn't doing any travel. And then my writing schedule looked like this. And he had a pie chart. And and then he goes back to the table and pulls out another manuscript. And and then he just kept pulling out manuscripts. There were so many manuscripts. Total of five. There were so many. So he started. I, a... was, I was fully. I'm sorry. I was going to say I was fully expecting him to. I think everyone was to be like, I lied about my schedule. I'm not as far along as I said I was. I'm sorry. I'll have to delay, you know, Kings of, wait, Kings of Way by a year. And it's like, you know, that's fine. Things happen. I mean, when he posted that first video uh, the day before, I was like, as long as it's not family stuff. And then they're like, uh, they said in Reddit, he's like, you know, this is not family stuff. Boss is just over-exaggerating. It's fine. It's like, okay, cool. Um, Whatever it is, like, that's fine. If he needs a break, that's cool. Like, he puts out so many books. No, and right. people were like, "Oh my gosh, is it cancer?" And he was like, "No, no, it's it's nothing to do with uh with uh, my health. It, this is something I had to do for my mental health and well being." <laughs> and okay, apologies what you had to, to Dave. Do was write some books. I mean, dude. Apologies to Dave. I'm gonna go blue for a minute. I'll I'll edit out my swearing in editing. This f- guy. This f- guy. Is trying to kill us. This guy. Ah. No, 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 no. It's it's. We have work security now, Mike. It's it's fine. This is job security for us. Yeah, I mean, Poor we're Dave, not going to need a new new reader. I mean, well, here's the thing. I was kind of looking forward to being the old new reader at some point. Um, but I know, this doesn't I, I change my plans of reviewing. I can still review pre-rhythm of war episodes and and do like my own little thing with those. So I can still have fun with. With all those. And, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll have enough side project to do. You're, you're not catching up for years now. It's yeah. it's fine. You're, you're going to be mean, our new reader for a while. If we wait long enough, my daughter can be the new reader. Like, yeah, good. It might happen at this point. It's um, looking more likely. I might the even meet someone, get married, have a daughter, and have her grow up by the time I'm done with this gig. Yeah, Tori. <laughs> Have you updated the diagram yet? Come the on, what diagram, are you waiting for? The diagram is in literal pieces all over my desk. <laughs> it is. So this is when a mess, Tori Vangian, When Tori Vangian had that one good day. I had that, that one day of genius. And uh, now now we're going to have to wait for another one because uh, this is. You okay. should have looked under, by, under the bed, by the bedpost. Like, come on. It was written right, right? there, Tori. Yeah, you can't predict the... Uh long fiction now either it seems. right you can't it, predict we can't predict the sanderson it's can't predict the can't predict sanderson dropping bonus novels no and i had even taken into account that you know, he he wrote bands of mourning and shadows of self and like like we weren't expecting that to happen like 
I had yeah. taken that account that into account and and I was like, yeah, we're going to get the next Mistborn book. It's going to be it, he's going to drop it on us as a surprise. Uh no, he got to the next Mistborn book on schedule as expected and we just get four completely separate books. Like what what are you trying to do to me, Brandon? Okay, as far Dude, as I'm the... excited. Craig, as yeah. far it's Mike's turn. As and far go. as <laughs> okay, you guys can just have the rest of the episode. I'm done. I'm oh, sorry. I was trying to tell you to go. I'm sorry. Go now. Go now. 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 It's hard to do this online. We have no way to Not motion you. to you to go. Nope. Craig. Mike. This is for Mike now. So, Dave, you read Interludes Part One and Chapters Something and Something. Wait. Yeah, we don't want to say... talk more about this. I was going to say, uh, I appreciated that Brandon got to spend more time with his family before we talked about interludes 1, 2, 3, and chapters 32 through 34. 33 through 30. Yeah. We finished part 1 last week. We got interludes and beginning of part 2. Uh, interlude I1. Pooley. Some guy runs a lighthouse. I forget his name. The lighthouse's name is Defiance, though. Wait, you said the name of the chapter. That's his name. Oh. I, I think that was the point, Craig. I see the pattern <laughs> here. Well, what? chapter uh, interlude I3 isn't called Eshenai. Spoilers. We'll <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? He's got a lighthouse. Uh, oh, yeah. So then the Everstorm comes and breaks up all the ships. And he's like, all right, lots of driftwood for me. It's kind of it's kind of sad for everybody else, though. Yeah. I don't know. If, you guys, if you're not familiar with the song, The Wreck of the Athens Queen, you need to look it up. I was like, I thought you were going to say Edmund Fitzgerald. No, I, although I do like that song, too. No, the Athens Queen was a, a bunch of salvagers sitting around getting drunk, and then they see, oh, no, this ship just uh, washed up on the rocks. Well, we we better go check it out. And and it's it's full of booze. So then they get more drunk and it, it's a good, catchy drinking song. Yeah. I like the sound of that. It's uh, hilarious. I guess we can move on to interlude two then. Chirpity chirp chirp. Interlude two. Elista. Yokasha Monastery sounds like a sweet gig. Do the humidifabrials make the nice humming sound? Let's be honest. This interlude is just an excuse for Brandon to write a trashy romance novel. He didn't so need an think. excuse. <laughs> so <laughs> Dave, I like how you're looking for the white noise applications of the fabrials. On Roshar. Well, I mean, they have the humidifier, which is, I mean, that's the only reason anyone has a humidifier on Earth, let's be honest. They just like mm -hmm, the noise mm -hmm. it makes. Does, does it actually do anything? I don't know. It makes a nice noise. Uh, yeah. Well, you're thinking of a dehumidifier, Craig. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, Sailor Tales is my favorite palindromatic episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Hers spoils the trashy book. And the moral of this interlude is sequels always have to be bigger. I don't think Brandon stuck to that. I think, isn't Rhythm of War a little smaller than Oathbringer? Oh, sorry, Dave. Spoilers. In length, but in in content or in magblagitude? I don't know. <laughs> True. Yeah. I you think it had to man. be smaller because the publisher told him absolutely not, like... They ran out oh, of paper. They're like, we can't handle this. <laughs> Our machines can't handle this anymore. But the magnitude of Oathbringer is probably going to be bigger than uh, Words of Radiance. And that's what we're reading now. 
Also, Oathbringer is the middle book, so maybe it's being palindromatic in length as well. It's like small, medium, large, medium, small. No, Dave, don't make me sad. I don't want Kings of Way to be smaller than Rhythm of of what? What are the names of these books again? It spells out Adonalsium. Rhythm of Radiance. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have this like little ardent monastery, and it's usually pretty quiet. Except when people are arguing about the Everstorm. Uh, and this one, um, this one monk, I forget her name. <laughs> it might have been somewhere in my bullet points. Eka, just, just scroll <laughs> up a little bit. You, you'll see her name. Uh, there it is. Uh, did anything happen in this? Or is this just about Brandon bragging that Oathbringer was going to be awesome? <laughs> oh, you, have to, you have to talk about it somewhere. You have to hype it. Yeah. I mean, there I think, is mention on the Dawn chant that, I don't know, could be important. Basically, I'm Elista, and you guys are Urs. The background conversations that she's actively ignoring are talking about the Everstorm and its frequency. There's some stuff on the Dawn chant. Things happen in this. And Dave skimmed over it. Oh. I paid as much attention as our viewpoint character. I can't be expected to do more. <laughs> That's true. You're very on point, Dave. Okay. Anyone else? Chapter Interlude 3. The Rhythm of the Lost. See, I told you Esh and I was a Radiant, only it's actually Venley. Her friend's name is Pikachu. Venley thinks what? that Odie... His friend's name is Pikachu. I wasn't yeah, expecting that. Legit. <laughs> Venley thinks that Odium sent Pikachu. Venley has a bout of conscience, which I thought was just such a cute phrase. It's like you have a bout of conscience, like one would have a bout of the cold. <laughs> Ash and I? No! But hey, free shards. Honor is odious. <laughs> Ash and I I'm have sure a that's cotton a... ball spring. I'm sure that's what Venley thought as well. Like, hey, free shards, though. My sister's dead, but eh. No, that's what Pikachu said. She was, like, kind of sad, but didn't want to attune the old rhythms. Like, there was one that almost got her, but she's like, no, the old rhythms are weak. Free shard plates. She attuned the rhythm of free shard plates. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you have it. Everyone's favorite bug girl down the drain. Did you honestly? <laughs> so did you, did you think this was really the case? Did I think that Esh and or I were was you, dead? Yeah. Were you expecting a somehow she survived? Because I think we saw her just fall into the pit at the end of. Uh, yeah, I honestly didn't expect uh, Esh and I to die. Like. This was an off-screen <laughs> death witch. She was She was even less dead than Yas. <laughs> That's right. Elfrena was better than Esh and I. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know. It's like, how, why did she die and not Seth? And she may or may not have been... She had shard plate, but I mean, I guess what actually happened was she was uh, overwhelmed by the, by the flash floods and the chasms, right? You see signs of her... Trying to hold her position by poking the shard blade into the chasm wall, uh, but yeah, I didn't really, didn't really expect uh, Ash and I to meet her end. Thought she was going to be like a major player in book three. I even thought about who I'd cast her as, but no, I don't, I don't feel like it anymore. Too sad. Uh, the funny thing was, I actually started reading this entire interlude. Like, I, I missed that the very first word of the interlude was Venley and not Ash and I. <laughs> And Venley's oh, name doesn't on. actually... Go on. You wanted me to hold on just so you could say go on? Uh, I Just go. Yeah. 
I, I wanted to say something before your sentence, and my brain finally got to. Don't worry about. It. He's trying that not was a to spoil you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. No, no, it's not a spoiler. I wanted to read what Mike posted in the quotes because it's it's silly. So the very first word of this interlude is Venli, and I guess I kind of missed it, but I was actually thinking I had Ash and I in my in my eye in my brain as I was reading it, and then I got to the even the part where. She talks about her once mate whose name I forgot. I was like, I couldn't remember who the dude was once mates with. But anyway, I get to the point where she's like, oh, we were scholars. And I'm like, Esh and I wasn't a scholar. That was Venley. And then I went back. I was like, oh, this is Venley. And then I went a forward page from there and Esh and I died. Okay. And I think in... Yeah, that's what happened in I3. Oh, there was also like this cotton ball and... Venley says, like, shoo, Spren, get out of here. So I wonder if this was actually a Spren that Esh and I had bonded. So maybe Esh and I was actually a Radiant as well. Some cotton ball Spren. But maybe yep, it that wasn't what it a is. Spren at all. all right. It's a Spren uh, of cotton. I'll have to look up I, the, the order. I'm picturing those. Have you guys seen the pictures of the cotton ball bats? They're adorable. Look them up. That's what I'm picturing. Hey, really? That's a thing? Yeah. Cotton ball bats exist, and they are adorable. There's like oh. a whole cluster of them. I know they all gather together like little bunches and of grapes. Side note: bats are the best. We have a. We need more bats in our life. Teacup pigs. Anyway, uh, don't worry about it. There was in a picture with. <laughs> Dave right, went on okay. a tangent on cute animals. Yep, looking up all cotton right. ball bats, and that leads to teacup pigs, and then. Are we done with interludes? Uh-huh. Then? All right. Let's start part two. New beginnings sing. And we can hear from Shalon, Yasna, Dalinar, and Bridge 4. So chapter 33, a lecture. A chasm fiend's back would not reach the fourth floor. Oh, this is from the diagram that I, I guess Shalon drew of Arithiru, maybe? I don't know. You can kind of read her handwriting. Uh, Siphandrius, who is the recipient of the letter, uh, the epigraph letter, written by Hoyt, I guess. I don't know. Who cares? Who knows? You care. I care. I just don't know. You have it the other way around. It's written to Hoyt. Siphandrius. Oh, so it's from Frost, then. It's Frost's it's reply from, to Hoyt. You'll figure out, and Siphandrius is one of Hoyt's names. He probably said it at some point, unless I'm spoiling something again. Um, probably. I, might have actually heard the name I think we got this one from Word of Brandon, so... It is, uh, it is correct for us to tell Dave this. It's possible. It wasn't in Secret History, maybe? Okay. All right. So this is too hoid. Uh, newsflash, Yasna is alive. Yasna Colin is alive. Yasna was logical, but had a flair for the dramatic and the murder. Shalon has a girl-man crush on Yasna. Yasna is an <laughs> else caller and a human. Uh, is she though is she though yeah she talks about how she didn't know something <laughs> no and shalon's like yasna. i finally get shalon's great happy that she finally gets to share something with yasna but it's unfortunate that it is ignorance so this this chapter is yasna comes back and treats shalon like shalon didn't just have an entire book to herself yeah that yasna wasn't there for and like well, yeah, Shalon has had a whole there's character growth. Shalon has had an entire book and Yasna didn't. And Yasna's like, intern, coffee, now. <laughs> she missed yeah. all that character growth. 
there was an arc and everything. Shalon killed a killed a lady. Stuff happened. Well, great. Does it make her better at fetching my coffee? <laughs> uh, it makes her or a couple things. So first of all, she can alter the appearance of the coffee to make it look more delicious. She might even be able to alter taste, right? She can make phantom. Uh, she can make phantom sights and sounds. Why not tastes and smells? And Walmart. she can also like disguise herself as a uh, as a as a shard bucks employee so that she can make the coffee. Dave, I was actually <laughs> gonna write off what you were saying, but you do bring up a good point. Does she do phantom sounds or is that pattern making? Well, pattern definitely does it. She can alter her own pattern voice. I don't well, she can She can talk to like her voice as Vale is different from her voice as Shalon, and her voice as Radiant. But maybe yeah. it's just her talking different. That that might just be that's, natural. That's 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 a Shalon doing something to herself. Thing. The light weaving and creating images and stuff is sort of separate. Well, Wayne is, is also a light weaver a confirmed. Did she say Wayne's a light weaver? Confirmed. Wayne doesn't need that crutch. He is yeah. next level. Or maybe he's been using it this whole time. Could you imagine if Wayne had access to light weaving or if he was a Contra? Like, he How do be... we know he doesn't? <laughs> okay, I mean, sure. Wayne got shot a lot, so maybe he is a Contra. You think that's gold healing or, him? No, it's or just him being a Contra. Or light because he's a light weaver. World hopper. Light hopper. World weaver. World singer. Like uh, the Azish fella. Uh-huh. Uh, I knew there was a Z in there. I knew there was an S and a Z in that it wasn't Seth. Sigzel, yes. Or, if you pronounce it Brandon Lee, Yigsel. Because all the Brandon names start with a Y. So, uh, you, you know, Yolan is going to meet Yasna in Yolanair's <laughs> war camp. Uh, she was supposed to have a date with Yadelin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I don't remember if Yolani is in this chapter. Uh, anyway, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I have to say, if they ever make an Ember Islands player of, like, this story, they all have to have these Y names. Yes. That should be their alternate names. Just different enough so you don't think it's, you know, copyright yep, issues. Yep. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. On, on Free Guy, spoiler alert, the, the portal gun shows up, except... When I looked it up on IMDb, it was like legally distinguishable portal gun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So Yasna doesn't know about Shalon's character growth. Also, uh, Yasna straight up like Ghost Bloods tried to kill me. You ever hear of these guys, the Ghost Bloods? Hey, Shalon, did you know that there's this group called the Ghost Bloods? And Shalon's like, and she's like the meme of that puppet <laughs> that's looking at the camera and then looking off to the side, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, if anyone was curious how Shalon survived, I mean, she warped to Shadesmart and used Stormlight to heal her stab wound. Not really all that complicated. I never tried to go into the mechanics of it all. It was enough for me to know that Shalon just didn't die. Yes, and I wasn't fooled for a second. And I was also correct in stating that Silfrena was deader than Yasna. Silfrena was definitely deader than Yasna. She didn't. There was come... nothing you said that was wrong, Dave. Ever in the entirety of this podcast. Ever correct. Doxandra. <laughs> Doxandra is canon. Let's go. That was still one of my favorite <laughs> theories you came up with. 
You know what I was thinking about? Uh, I was listening to a previous episode. I think it was it was the wrap up. It was the full Mistborn wrap up. I think. And Tori, Tori had uh, mentioned. You know, we never found out in Well of Essential. We never found out whatever happened to the pizza. And then I realized that we've developed enough inside jokes at this point that we can guilt our listeners into going back and listening to old episodes. You know, so we don't have to explain ourselves. We can just say, go back and go back and listen to the Well of Ascension books if you're not sure what what we're talking about with the mist and the pizza. The pizza winked <laughs> and faded me. out. <laughs> that reminds me. I have to a shout out to Dan since I know he listens to this part. He needs to go back and listen to the old episodes because we talk about who Hoyd is. He asked in our channel, who's Hoyd? And it's like, seriously, we had we had an episode. Like, how did you get this far? Yeah, there's there's an episode that we recorded where we got Dave up to speed with who Hoyd is. I don't know which one it is. Maybe you guys know. Um, Yeah, there's only a hundred and eighty something at this point. It's not even that much. Come on. (laughs) Well, when we finish Oathbringer, I can finish Oathbringer. I can go back and listen to the old episodes and I can take notes on important, uh, you know, maybe I'll like I'll start the wiki. I don't know. Probably won't do that, but uh, yeah. Did so, Shalon, and that's the end of one last chapter before we end. Did any make sense? So yeah, some this, of it made sense. This <laughs> next chapter is like the meat of this week's stuff. So I'd like to finish talking about Brandon's news now, if I could. <laughs> Go for it. If I will be allowed to do so. Yes, please. Okay. <sighs> so first of all, he wrote five books. Three of them are Cosmere. One of them is a young adult thing that he's looking at making into a graphic novel. It's not part of the Kickstarter. There's a Kickstarter. It has earned over $25 million, I think, at this point, at the point of recording. It is just it's just under $25 million as of this point. Okay. By the time this is out, the Kickstarter will be over. So if you're not listening live and you somehow don't know about this, I'm sorry you've missed it. Um, a side note, Mike... Um... People have been talking about the Reddit. They have posted the news constantly. Like, hey, we broke this record. Hey, the New York Times is talking about us or whatever the heck is talking. CNN, CNBC, I don't know. All these news agencies are picking it up. And always there's someone in the Reddit like, hey, what are you guys talking about? So someone that's a Sanderson fan is constantly finding out about. So I would not be surprised if someone listens to our episode here and finds out about this secret Kickstarter project. Well, the problem with that is timing. This will be released long yeah. after it's over. There, hopefully they'll be able to get the books regardless, because I'm, I'm, I don't think he's going to release these books and then you can't find them anymore. No, no, no. This, this isn't so early. E-book. This isn't exclusive. Um, they, they'll be available after. The, the swag boxes are exclusive to the Kickstarter. Anyway, yeah. the four books being released are all... According to the beta readers that I've talked to, um, approximately the same length as Alloy of Law. So, Tori, you can use that for your diagram until we get better information. Yes, I already had that information, but thank you. And as far as pricing goes, the lowest tier where you get stuff is 40 bucks for ebooks, for four ebooks throughout the year, which is a steal for brand new ebooks. Steal hard. That's not bad. Um, 60 bucks for audiobooks. 160 for hardcover plus shipping. That's not that great of a deal, in my opinion. I feel like you can do better just waiting until they're like actually in bookstores at that point. 
but then there's also the swag boxes. And there's also the thing with international shipping, which A, is extremely expensive right now, just across the board, and then B, is a significant portion of, like, whatever you would be buying. So, yeah, I don't know. If you're not in the U.S., you know, it it's way pricier than it otherwise would be. And it's... I don't know. I don't know what the solution to that is. Well, so it's the problem with having to get something every month if you get the swag boxes or even just getting four shipment in a hardcover. And they're priced out like that. So it's every single shipment that you have to pay for. I know people have talked about a solution of like collecting all of the, of the loot or whatever and doing one shipment. But then the problem is you have to hold that for a particular person, forever signs up for that, need warehouse space for that. And then you have to go through the logistics of making sure that gets sent just to have a, a cheaper package be sent once. So it's just rough. And, oh, uh, as a response to anybody thinking that this is going to change publishing going forward, it really won't. Um, Brandon is still contracted with traditional publishers. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't continue working with them. He's doing this this way because these are non-contracted books. Like, if he went... If he gave these to a traditional publisher, it would take way longer for them to come out. And this is just sort of a, a special case that he is in a unique position to do. Um, well, John isn't Scalzi. he trying to create a publish? Isn't he trying to create a, a publishing company though, Dragonsteel? I don't know that it's a publishing company, and it's it's not in it anywhere close to the scale of like actual existing publishing company. Mm, true. But John Scalzi wrote a really good article about this that I will post in our good things at some point. Once I find it again. Um, I, I would like to read that. Yeah, it's good. John so, Scalzi, isn't he that guy you get to interview later? Yeah. Hey, this is a this is a good time to announce this. Um, via the Legendarium Green Team, whom I have done three episodes with as a guest. Tori has done one episode with. Dave, Dave, have you done one? Are you doing one? What's... I'm not 100% sure on we're, your end. We're going to have Little Red Book uh, guest star on our on our bonus content is how it's going down. Okay. And then, Craig, you're left out in the cold. Did, did Craig well, go away? What's up? For now. His lips froze. Okay. You can never say what? anything again. <laughs> right now, I'm currently not in it. I know that Red has approached you about something. Yes. I don't know where that went or what's going on there, but I, I assume we'll find something out eventually. Anyway, the news is, via Legendarium Green Team, I and Little Red Book and possibly Chesky Cure, I don't know about his scheduling, he's got a kid and he's very busy, um, will be interviewing John Scalzi at the end of March. I have no idea when that episode will go out. It will be on the Legendarium Green Team's feed and not ours. I'll post a link once it's out. Wow, how exciting. Yeah, it's, it is very exciting. He's one of my favorite authors. And yeah, if you guys haven't read any of his stuff, it's it's very approachable. What's the book that I should read? Um, are you familiar with Starship Troopers? I'm actually no. Of You're Star a Star Trek Troopers. guy. You should read Red Shirts. Uh oh, sounds dangerous. <laughs> you should read Red uh, Shirts. I will have 100%. to look into that because I'm also a Star Trek guy. Yeah, if you like Star Trek at all, you should read Red Shirts. Uh, if you like Starship Troopers, you should read Old Man's War. Uh, those are those are probably like the two best starting points. Are they standalone books? Or are they like part of a series? Old Man's War is part of a series, and uh, Red Shirts is a standalone. But 
now let's talk about chapter 34, Dave. Uh, yeah, take it away. Take it Dave. away, Dave. <laughs> chapter 34, Resistance, Co-op, Quantum Leap. This is a strange dream. Stormtrooper burn. Stormfather burns Bendeloy. Wait, it um, doesn't say Stormfather. <laughs> Stormfather burns Bendeloy. And Fen just wanted Dalinar to be himself all along. So, yeah, Dalinar's plan worked to corner Fen in the middle of a nightmare. Hey, Dave, remember, like, a week or two ago when you couldn't remember this specific um, Dalinar vision? I remembered it. (laughs) Sure you did. I guess I forgot about the part where I didn't remember it. They fight the Midnight Essence, which, hey, looks like that weird thing that Shalot dealt with last week. Okay, I remember this vision. You must not have described it right. No. If you said, if you said, all right, if you said, you know, that vision where Dalinar was the farmer dude and grabbed the fireplace poker. And, we totally said and if, that. If you said, if you said the vision that, that like the female radiant was in, then I would have remembered. We also said that. I, then I, I did. Then I remembered. That. I'm there you go. <laughs> we we have recordings of that conversation. I don't I don't think those exact words were used, Craig. So we can. No, let no, he asks us, wait, he's like, is that the one with the female radiant? And then Mike was like, yes, that one. Right. And then I said, oh, and I remembered. There, there you have it. Here's the Dave has it together podcast. The end <laughs> before it began. <laughs> so I disagree a little bit with Queen Fen. Like. Dalinar was being himself a little bit, but he was trying to be political, Dalinar, which no one ever believes is a real thing, which is sort of his problem. And he's bad at it. Dalinar doesn't do politics. He has a reputation, you know? He's well-established to be extremely bad at this. Yep. As we saw from Way of Kings, the way Dalinar deals with politics is to kick the king's butt and tell him, I'm shacking up with your mom. Cowboy diplomacy. Yep. I could kill you anytime I wanted to, so now you know I don't want to kill you. That's that's the down our way right there. Just be very reassured by the fact that I haven't murdered you yet. Yet. Very very much emphasis on yet. So anyway, so what happens cool. what happens in this chapter, Dave? Down our planned it out and it happened. What? How cool would it be to have co-op plant Quantum Leap? That That is a neat idea. Quantum Leap is co-op. Hello? Have you ever heard of this guy named No, Al? no. But, okay, yes. But oh that's boy. sort of like a... He has How an assistant. Ziggy? Ziggy counts. You counting out Ziggy? <laughs> but I mean two people <laughs> going into two different bodies at the same that's time. That's true. Well, okay. So Al, you know, Al doesn't take the place of a person but he can still interact uh in limited ways with uh with certain individuals like like children can see him and animals can see him wait really man i gotta watch some more quantum leap Boy. it's been a while that's the rules dude say the name of that show again craig yes please quantum leap so i what did you say i'm sick my excuse he, i said quantum or something he said quantum <laughs> Quantum. I am a little <laughs> sick now. I apologize. Quantum. My pronunciations. Quantum leap. My pronunciations will be a little weaker now than usual. He uh, didn't even pronounce pronunciation correctly. If you guys had expectations, is he even speaking English anymore? Level. I don't think Fish Tank Craig is even even uh intelligible. I almost said legible. Uh, I'm dying. <laughs> and now I'm you. <laughs> 
Uh, that's the end of this week's chapters. Now, remember, you know, Stormfather begrudgingly revealed that Dalinar could communicate with Finn through a vision, like the storm. You know, basically, it's it's storm email, not to be confused. With I don't think the it was begrudgingly. Research. No, it was more like neglectfully. It's like, well, why, why don't I just pull her into the dream? And Dalinar is like, you can do that. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I oh, can. Oh, yeah, I forgot, right? to men- forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like, whoops, yeah. it slipped my mind. So oh, Dalinar super neglects his radiant duties in this vision, huh? Yeah, he is well, not yeah, fulfilling to heal his role. Yeah, he was supposed and... to heal people. <laughs> How many people did he heal, Dave? Yeah, and the the other vision radiant is like, oh, dude, do your job. Oh, he doesn't call her dude. I uh, I guess you know Dalinar healed them by ending the vision and having them all. Actually, he doesn't end the vision. He lets Fen play it out. <laughs> uh, is it is the answer one? Did he heal <laughs> one person? If he himself counts, then yes. Yeah. So. So. Fen is more interested now than in before. Fen is a better leader than Dalinar. Yeah, she gets yeah. she rallies the entire town to fight the the nightmares. Dalinar just like struggles to survive himself with a fire poker. Fen meanwhile rallies well, the town to fight off. Dalinar did save the wife and kid. Like he didn't yes. do anything to the rest didn't of the save town. The wife. Fen, Fen, Fen doesn't save the wife. Yeah. Fen sends the wife off as bait so she can save the kid and the rest of the town. I mean, she feels bad about it after. And yeah. if Teravangian were judging, Fen would have gotten a 10 out of 10. <laughs> that is true. Fen out of 10. And Seven Dalinar would have gotten like a 2 out of 10. All right, can we have a t-shirt that says, Thanks, Branson, and one that says, Fen out of 10? I mean, I do not have a passion for graphic design, so... Uh. I'll draw a prototype. I mean, first we need one that says you just gotta do secret stuff sometimes. That needs to be on our store. I don't even know if I still have the login info for the store, man. I set it up one time and then haven't touched it again. I don't think anyone's ordered anything. I feel like I would have gotten it's, an email if they had. It's because we don't have a shirt that says you gotta do secret stuff sometimes. You make sure. an excellent point, Tori. So, yeah, we might get more merch in our store. We might have a new store if I can't find my login info. We'll see. Find out next week on the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. You will almost certainly not find out next week. I don't see this happening <laughs> in a week. Find out by the end of Oathbringer. Find out someday. Maybe. Perhaps. Unless I forget. So, Dave, are you done with chapters? I feel like you're done with chapters. Yeah, I mean, Dalinar just did what he said he was going to do in a previous chapter. And Fen's like, all right, I'll listen to you. Okay. Well, let me see if this kid survives. And that's about it. Craig, you have to go now, right? I have one thing for spoilers. His okay. planet needs him. And, uh, all right, have fun, everybody. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave's muted. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, what do you got? Okay, this is uh, going back to the conversation we had last week. Um, uh, we had a discussion about why Reship Near um, doesn't like light weavers. We were sort of having a discussion about why that might be the case. I mean, we um, got an explanation in chapter. 
uh, that yes, a, a lightweaver did. had previously chapped, or trapped yes. Rishafir in, in, a, in a perfect gem. But we were sort of talking about how is there a rating order per unmade that like they don't like in particular yeah. that tends to deal with them better. So this is what I, I was thinking about while I was uh, doing my, my own read. Um, so something to consider uh, when it comes to light weavers and their specialty, and I've talked about this before, in, at least in the case of Shalan, and light weavers have a focus on identity, the capital I identity. Um, that's what Shalan is constantly messes with on herself. Uh, when she does the the picture snapshot with her eyes to be able to draw stuff, she actually is looking into the identity of a thing, which is why she's able to draw it so well, um, and why she had difficulty trying to do Aretharu, at least until um, she dealt with the the essence, the midnight mother, midnight mother, because um, I was sort of messing with her her identity view. So, like Shalon, we know Shalon definitely looks at identity, but I would posit to say that light weavers in general are very good with dealing with identity. They might have different ways. They are not all artists like Shalon is, but I suspect that's going to be some kind of theme that connects like what what they're able to do. Uh, is dealing with identity, just like bondsmiths deal with connection. Well, I would say they are all artists. They're just not like sketch pencil sketch artists. Like well, there's there's carvers, there's musicians, there's woodworkers. Yeah, but also her squires. They're not all like artists. I I think we get to see it in Rhythm of War that like they all express it in different ways, don't they? Okay, I haven't done a reread yet, so that might be the case. Um, I mean, way, I, don't, I don't think we specifically saw one that works in music, but now I kind of want to see one. That would be really good for, for reasons that Rhythm of War have told us. Maybe I'm just um, doing Dave's, like, their bards, their D&D bards thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So, yeah, so their whole thing is dealing with identity. Now, the Midnight Mother, like, the way she works, now this is what, what I'm tying my point together. She is, like, a weird sort of not understanding of identity sort of thing that she has. So so her thing is she wants to understand human. And she does this by creating shapes that look like the humans that she saw and mimicking their actions. Essentially, she's trying to recreate the identity of the things that she wants to study and learn about, but she doesn't understand. There's like a disconnect there from what identity is and what she's trying to learn. So she thinks just by making something in the shape of a person and doing the same action, she's learning the identity, which she's not. Like, it doesn't work. Um, when she was protecting herself, she was making all these fake people to sort of the, the shadows to protect her from the um, Shalon getting to the pillar. But they were always off. Um, I wonder they, if they, we'll see Shalon do something similar to that at the end of this literal book, Brandon. Just make a bunch of shalons. Shalons for everyone. She actually does that in that chapter too, though. Yeah, but she, she does it way more in the she Battle does, of Salem yes. City. But but yeah, so that's the whole thing. Like the Midnight Mother wants to learn and know about identity, but she can't. Lightweaver's specialty is identity. That is partially why it may, that that might be. So there's a connection there. Um, they both understand and want to know more about identity, and that. That pseudo connection. Actually, I don't even think it's a. I think it's a real connection. That's what enables Wait, light weavers. Connection to be able to... or connection. Capital C connection. I think there's a connection there that 
the Midnight Mother has with Lightweed because of their desire for capital I identity. So um, since Lightweavers are primarily physical and then get to peek into the cognitive, would is something you're trying to say be that the Midnight Mother is primarily cognitive and gets a little peek into the physical and it works through that? Well, or am I am I extrapolating in mind, I... things in exactly the wrong way? Uh, uh, well, keep in mind, light weavers. I don't think are just looking at cognitive. I think they're looking at all three realms because yeah, identity you're right. is yeah. a tongue of all three realms, not just cognitive. Um, Ooh, that would explain mm, it. Yeah, that would explain it. Okay, so the Midnight Mother would then be either primarily physical or primarily cognitive. Probably cognitive because it's a sprint, but doesn't get that peek into the spiritual, and that's why everything's warped. Mm, mm-hmm. That works for me. Uh, okay, I do like that. I yeah. I really like that. Actually, I like that so much that I'm gonna pull that into my theory. Um, so what what I was getting at is that I think all of the unmade have something to do with all of the big sort of investiture realmatic stuff that we've seen. So Bat Bay Edo Mishram has something about connection. So Bondsmith, it was able to con- Well, the Bondsmiths were able to, to capture it, but their whole thing was they connected to all the, the listeners and, you know, we're doing some things to be able to give them the uh, the abilities that they that they have that normally Odium. So it has a focus on connection. When and, they captured it... Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, and, and of course, when they captured that sprint, uh, the, the Unmade... It broke something. I mean, it broke the connection and identity of all the different listeners, but it did that sort of thing. It did something weird with connection that even the sibling made a comment of in Rhythm of War. Um, um, all the all the singers, but not the listeners, because the listeners were the did I get it right? wrong again? I, you might have. I don't know, man. I have trouble keeping track of this. I anyway, make sure I get it right. Um, so yeah, but you guys knew what I mean. So then, Death Rattle guy would be tied into Truth Watchers, likely. Because of Future Sight, then... That's as good a guess as any. Heart of the Rebel yeah. would be... I don't I know. I think something to do with... So, okay. So I actually, when I was thinking about this, I was tying it together with Allomancy. Because thinking about the, the basic Allomantic abilities is easier for me to do. Um, although I know there's uh, ferrochemical powers that deal with infestation, that sort of... But these are, ba- these are major concepts that we are aware of. Well, so Heart of the Rebel, to me, is like rioting and... and um, just rioting. Soothing. Just rioting. Just rioting. Rioting turned Just... up to 11 mm-hmm. all the time forever. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, something like that. So, um, so yeah, my whole idea is that I think each unmade is messing with some particular piece of investiture, um, whether it deals with identity in the case of the Midnight Mother, connection for Bay Ada Mistrum, something like rioting for Heart of the Revel. Um, or, but then um, the thrill would also Moloch. be... A similar thing, right? Would be a type of rioting. Well, yeah. then it could be soothing, though, because it could be soothing everything that isn't fighting relating, and then that's just the only thing that's left. You just want to have fighting. Because remember, when Dalinar was like in his thrill mode, and he saw Gavilar, he only saw him as like this is someone worthy of you fighting. Like that's it. Like it, he was sort of like blinded by everything else. But I, I didn't go too much into it. But that's that's sort of my whole point. What, what is happening with the Unmade. Now, tying together with what you just said, though, if they have this weird disconnect from the spiritual realm, which is why they're sort of like this weird distorted spring, that could be true for all of them, and that's what could be making them Unmade. An Unmade is a spring that loses its connection 
to the spiritual realm, so it only exists in the physical and cognitive realm. So therefore, it loses a lot of that understanding with things in the world because normally people spread everything is in all three realms. Like they they exist between all three, and in the spiritual um, realm, you have your your spirit web, your all the different connections. Now, the only thing that puts a damper on that theory, though, is that they still have some sort of connection going on. They seem to have something with Odium, um, at least most of them, although it seems a little weird because he hasn't been around for like 4.5 thousand years for, yeah, 4.5K. Um, so they, they sort of lost a little bit of that, um, but it seems like Odium still has an influence. So I, I don't know, but I sort of like that they have a weird disconnect from the spiritual realm. It sort of makes sense, and that could be what makes them unmade, is that severing. Yeah, what do you guys I like think? That. I like that. I also like it. Yeah. Nice. All right, what do you okay, think about Stormtrooper? What do you think about Stormtrooper burns Bendeloy? <laughs> <laughs> so they burn Bendeloy? Is that why their laser shots go in weird directions? I, I have to assume that that's what Dave's note meant. And certainly not the Stormfather <laughs> sl- slowing down the vision, which is a thing that happened in the chapter. He must have gone on a ta- tangent, clearly. For those of you guys listening that don't know, Dave posted his notes on his on his stream so we could actually read them while he was reading them. And he did not say Stormtrooper. He kept saying Stormfather. But he, he clearly meant Stormtrooper. Like, the autocomplete spread is never meant. wrong. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, oh, oh, yes, I did have a thing. Um, blah, blah, blah. We talked about this in spoiler chat. Uh, the Dawn Chant. So the, the second interlude. Okay, first, the first interlude. I have no idea what's going on there. I'm absolutely baffled, bamboozled. Like, I, what happened in that chapter that so that's... needed to be in the book? It's like, oh. why, why are we hearing about this random lighthouse keeper? Yeah, I even looked him so up on the copper mine. this isn't a lighthouse if... guy. Yeah, go ahead. From later. No. No. Remember, there's the lighthouse in the cognitive realm. This isn't him. No, that right. guy is the the dissolving um, dude from Elantris. Yeah, well, th- that's how I knew. I didn't know what his name was. So just looking at the copper mine for that summary section, it sounds like it'd be him. But then when you go to Pulley's um, page, he's a different person. So it's it's not that lighthouse. Yeah, no, it's a completely different. This is a lighthouse in the physical realm. This is in yeah. Nat Natten, which I probably mispronounced. He's got blue skin, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But the other thing I'm saying... I don't know the purpose. Is that, like, okay, Brandon writes long books, but they are, like, everything that happens in these books is there for a reason, right? He writes extremely tightly, tightly written, 1,300-page long books. So, like, we need to do a close reading of just this one chapter and figure out what it's doing here. Like, what what hidden gem is in here that he's... Like, we're going to find in, in book seven or eight, like, oh my gosh, do you remember that interlude with the guy in the lighthouse? Here it, here it is. It comes around. It's so going to need to because I'm lost. In the Coppermine summary, it mentions he's to keep his lighthouse burning brightly until they come. Those with light in their pockets lost on an infinite sea. Yep, those to were me, words. those were words that were in the interlude. And eh? that sounds like to me... We're talking about people having access to stormlight, namely in gems. And if when they're lost on an infinite sea, they're lost in the cognitive realm. So this is a reference to what's going to happen later in the book. But it's he's not the lighthouse keeper, but this could be the same lighthouse. 
This maybe. could be that lighthouse, but it has because it exists in the physical realm, and it could maybe also. I I don't remember the chapter because we didn't reread it. I don't know if this is like a lighthouse they built in the cognitive realm, or if it's just a physical realm thing that was also pulled into the cognitive. Well, the the stuff he's remembering that his grandpa told him is like watch for people coming from the origin of storms, a place that people don't come from. Hmm, that's not where yeah. Kaladin and Co. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out in book seven or eight. Sorry, I, Mike. I guess I'm <laughs> I'm so lost with this. Like it's only like two pages long. So as far as book real estate goes, it's really not taking up much. But yeah, Brandon has a track record of there. There's not wasted pages. Right. He will sprinkle things in sometimes, which are like heavy foreshadowing for far in the future. He has done that before. Yeah. Anyway, we the just next, don't know yet. The next interlude. This one matters. This one's important. We get some clues well, here. Hang on, hang on, because we we still don't know what was up with the guys at the Pure Lake. Like, like we know they were World Hoppers, but what's up with? And we know who fish? they are. And like, why were the World Hoppers there? And like, what? They're looking for Void. So, yeah, yeah, but... We didn't get a resolution on it, but I feel like we've got plenty of information on it to make it matter, right? Yeah, yeah. We know it's relevant. We know who the people are. We know that they were looking for Hoyd. They just happened to come in and were floating around on the pier lake. And they also spread the common cold there. Thanks, guys. Oh, did they? Yeah, we've talked mm -hmm. about yeah. that. Okay, so next interlude. This one matters. This one matters way more than Dave noticed. Uh, so first off, background chatter that our viewpoint character is ignoring because she wants to go read her trash, her trashy romance novel is they're talking about the Everstorm and like how it's, it's on a steady cycle. Uh, they are talking about actually, no, they're just talking about the, the Everstorm. The guy who's also read the same book she has comes in and asks her for help with the Dawn chant because his patron has him on a timetable. That patron is Teravangian. This is setting up, the humans are void bringers reveal for later in the book. That's a uh, that's cool. You're like, oh, the dawn chant. Eh, ignore. Well, at least that's what Dave did. Yeah, and then Brandon looks directly at the camera and says that sequels have to be bigger. <laughs> right. Okay, that's all I got. It's more than I got. Yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, the Venley hey. interlude doesn't really have anything interesting. Just Eshenai's dead. Venley has found a a spread. No. It, it has her sprint that Venley's going to bond with in uh, in Rhythm of War. Yeah, I said yeah, that. Yeah, the, the sprint crawls out of Eshenai's corpse. Yep, said that. Included yep. that in my breakdown. Yep. Okay. That's the only reason that's important. Basically. And that Venley tries not to take orders from the Odium spren, but does anyway because he doesn't listen to her. So, All right, bye. I mean, I mean, you give up, uh, you bring up a good point because in the last book, you saw a lot of... Um, Venley's basically listening to the sprint, doing what he wants, to, and, and just to bring it back the old, the uh, not the old, the powerful rhythms. And here you could tell that she she doesn't like she lost a bit of that desire that she had before. Like this is the start of her going down um, to the actual night rate right here. Yep. All right. End of episode. Bye, everybody. Good night, internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at @cosmerecast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.